0: What's up everybody my name is jacob deaton from shindig my event and this is another episode of southern wedding professionals where i take a little bit of time from somebody that's really busy in the industry doing really cool things and we get to know them and you get to know them and maybe you hire them right um so uh today i have the wonderful uh hannah guest from your best guest hannah how are you doing today
1: Oh, I'm doing so great. And thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so excited to chat more with you. And, you know, we have an off weekend this weekend. So I am all yours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, it seems like that off weekend thing is, is becoming uh, harder and harder to find with all these crazy reschedules and um, all these crazy uh, events that are popping up or people popping up and um, wanting to do a wedding in like next to no time. Um, how are you guys handling the the juggling of this year?
1: Yeah, we're averaging about three uh, weddings a weekend right now during this crazy season, um, which is, which is absolutely chaos, because, you know, it's like, sometimes it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes all three of them are on Saturday, sometimes it's, you know, just like multiple, and, um, you know, our office space is Uh, is not as big as I would want it to be like a lot of other people. (laughs) So it's just like all of those items that are going out for these three weekends or three weddings and a weekend. It's just like I mean, I'm surprised like the wrong bouquet hasn't gotten to the wrong bride (laughs) yet, like knock on wood. But you know, it's just, it's crazy to try to like manage all of these. And you are right. A lot of them are because of these postponements. And I also feel so bad because I have a ton of emails in my inbox. um, And if you're listening and you have, um, if you're a client of ours, I promise I'll get to you. Um, (laughs) But it's just so hard to get to all of the emails too, just because of all of the events that are happening. Um, and it seems like we're not the only ones, like all of our vendor friends are in the same boat. Um, like most of the time those detail meetings um, and those emails would be sent out like a week or two in advance. And right now they're happening like two days before and we're like, hey, nice to see, like hope to see you, you know, in two days, here's all the final details, which is crazy because normally that happens very far in advance. Um, so it's just, you know, we're all in the same boat, um, but we're all surviving, so. That's a good thing. We're all staying
0: afloat. (laughs) We're all still here. Let's, before we get too, too deep, because I do want to comment on that, tell us a little bit about you um, and just the overarching sort of like what your business does for our our listeners that's maybe not familiar with your brand.
1: Yeah. So uh, your best guest is, um, we do planning florals and um, decor. So that's our three main pillars. Um, I started in business just coordination only and then a friend of mine December of 2018 was like hey I do I see you do flowers because um, we were roommates at the time she was like I see you do flowers um, can you do my flowers for my wedding and so December of 2018 was the first wedding that I did florals for I fell in love with it um, and have been doing styled shoots and um, freelance work and things like that just to kind of hone in on the uh, hone in on those skills and just um, you know and, and I just feel like the planning and the, the design part of things really helps me keep going because I can't imagine planning 24-7 and I also can't imagine doing florals 24-7. So I just feel like it's the best of both worlds. Um, and our clients seem to love it too. So um, we do give incentives off for if you if you book us for multiple services, we give that percentage off because that's one less vendor we have to coordinate with as your planner or coordinator. Um, so uh, so that's what we do now. Our, our headquarters are in Dallas, Georgia. But I started the business in Athens. So we find our, um, you know, every weekend or every other weekend we're going to Athens um, still just because I I love um, being in that city, but, um, you know, and all my vendor contacts are, you know, still over there. Um, But um, we service Atlanta, North Georgia, and of course Athens. Um, And then um, we also, just focus on, uh, you know, just making sure that that client is taken care of from A to Z. Um, so if if you know if we don't have the product in, um, you know, in inventory, we'll go get it from one of our frienders and like put it on the trailer for them and bring it. Um, we are big proponents of DIY wedding. so a lot of our clients do have some element of DIY within them. So
0: very cool. Um, did you go to University of Georgia? Is that why you have such a, a fascination with Athens?
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm a I'm a proud double dog. So I did my undergrad in agribusiness and then I did my master's in agribusiness. Um, and of course, whenever I was in my master's, um, my my first year of my master's program. That's when they launched the hospitality <laughs> degree. Um, so I was a little bit too too old to you know take advantage of that hospitality degree um, that they launched within um, my department. But um, but other any anyways though the agribusiness um, gave me so many good ways to just kind of like look into the agricultural industry just because I deal with flowers all the time so I like have a greater understanding of you know how that product moves through the consumer chain like from you know from a seed all the way you know to the final product so um so it definitely came in handy but um of course a lot of people were like aren't you going to be a farmer um and agribusiness is not just farmers uh, there's a lot of other things to it <laughs> so
0: yeah, I mean, uh, a business degree is a business degree in, exactly. in, in a certain level of things, and then there's a specific, you know, a, a specific uh, direction you sort of go in um, from there. But also, like, you know, if you're in business, it's a business degree. So exactly. you know, you've got uh, you've got that uh, on your uh, on your back pocket there that you can pull from. I'm sure at uh, at any time. But um, but that's that's really cool. I love Athens. I find that the um, the weddings that I've done there have been like super fun and there's a lot of really cool uh venues the botanical garden jumps out at me as like being like one of my favorite oh, yeah. places uh, that's like really gorgeous the high ceilings and everything with the, the big windows it's 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 beautiful yeah it's gorgeous. <laughs> uh, so yeah so you mentioned that like you've sort of evolved over time with um you know started out as planning and you sort of uh, evolved into the floral and designed um, later on um, and that you have a passion for all three of those. But maybe take us back to like when you started planning and how you figured out that this industry was something that you were interested in.
1: Yeah. So um, my freshman year of college at UGA, um, I signed up for the Terry Business Academy or the Terry college of business mentorship program and I got paired with a gentleman named Alex Hill um, and uh, and he was actually he came in one of the first meetings I remember it so vividly but he had this big massive SEC championship ring like on his right hand and I remember being like who is this guy and later on um, I told my big that was a part of my co-ed business fraternity that like hey I got paired with this mentor um, called Alex Hill and he and she was like the Alex Hill and I was like yeah, <laughs> and she said something to the effect of, like, how um, he won the SEC championship in tennis, and I was just, like, cool, you know, <laughs> like, had no idea, and she was just so amazed that, like, I had, you know, connected with him, but long story short, um, he paired me with um, someone named Pam Smith because one of our first mentorship sessions, he was like, what do you want to do? And I said, I wanted to be something in the hospitality industry. And, um, I come from a small business family. So I, I feel like small business is where my heart is. Um, but I don't know what that looks like yet. And, um, and I mentioned hospitality and working for a venue and things like that. And he, uh, he was like, well, I have the perfect person for you. And it was Pamney Smith, um, who owns historic Smithonia farm out in Colbert. Georgia, which is about 20 minutes from Athens. Um, And I actually remember one of my first weeks in college, I drove out to Walton, like, Historic Mill, which is a state park that's right down the road from Smithonia, and I remember, like, pulling in the driveway and, like, seeing it, and I was, like, this has to be a wedding venue. Like, this is gorgeous, and so I put it on my vision board and was, like, oh, I want to work here one day, and I never realized that, like, that was the same place until I looked back at my vision board from when I, like, had first started college, and I was, like, oh, my gosh, like, all of these connections, and that's, like, really what UGA gave me was all the connections. And um, and so I, I got connected with Pam and did my first wedding in December of 2014. Um, and I just like fell in love with it. And she saw something in me and said, this kid's got it, whatever it is. And so did a little bit here and there. Um, and then eventually was the venue manager for about a year and a half. Um, and then alongside that, I just saw a ton of vendors come in, come through those doors. So like, it gave me a very interesting lens into this industry and, you know, seeing all of those different vendors, how they work, how, you know, you know, how there was a lot of different people that came in and I was like, if they can do it, surely I can do it. Um, and so that's what gave me, you know, the thought of wanting, you know, to eventually have my own business in the industry. Um, and then one day Pam was like, Hey, we have this, um, this bride and groom that has been struggling finding a wedding coordinator and she was like would you be interested because it's also like my niece Um, and so I was like sure I'll try it and so that was my first um, wedding was July of 2018 so I you know did my LLC and all of that stuff in June of 2018 Um, and then um, you know it was just history from there Um, and so I never I never thought that I would get to this point with like you know, having employees and things like that, but I definitely did, you know, name the business um, because I, I knew that I didn't want it to be like Hannah Guest Designs because it, like, it takes a whole team um, for this, you know, and of course my last name's a part of it, but it's kind of twofold there, so, um, so it's just definitely something that, like, I, I look back on all of those, and one of my favorite quotes from Steve Jobs is, like, you can't connect the dots Good, like going forward but looking back you can and it's so true like something to that effect and and it's so true that like once you look back on your life you're like oh i understand that like being in 4-h and being in girl scouts and you know doing you know these little things all, all along you know like made me get into uga made all these connections happen and it just like makes sense as you look back um and of course going forward i'm still like I feel like my road all over the place um but you know eventually I'll look back on these days and be like "Ah, oh, it makes sense <laughs> so um yeah so that's just kind of like how I just fell in love with this industry and like thought that you know there was nothing you know there was, there's nothing else that would be more fitting because at the University of Georgia they kind of shove you into like hey go work for the big for accounting firms or go work for those big corporations. And, um, and just being, like I said, from a small business family, I just, I never felt like I could climb that ladder in the corporate world and ever be happy. Um, and so I took a lot of those entrepreneurship classes to just, you know, get my, um, you know, get even more experience and like, you know, like be around a bunch of other makers and entrepreneurs. So um, so I, I'm definitely grateful for UGA. And um, like I said, that's, that's why I uh, love to go to Athens over and over again, because it's one of my favorite places to be, so.
0: I mean, it's one of my favorite places to play music in. As I yes. obviously play music, I've got guitars yeah. all around. Like, <laughs> um, you know, Hindustratz Coffee is like one of my favorite. Oh yes, I love ever.
1: that, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Seth is like gold. He's, he's a wonderful human being. Shout out to Seth because he's, he's doing great things for the, the music community there um, and providing like a really cool, interesting listening room type of environment, um, but that also yeah. is like really supportive of like, you know, the college culture and, um, and, you know, there in Athens and the art world with all the art hanging up and everything. It's just a really cool sofa lounge kind of, you know, vibe for people oh, who've yeah. never been there. But, um, but it's, it is one of my favorite places. I, I don't think I ever go to Athens and not go to Seth's coffee shop just to get a cup of coffee while I'm in town, just to show love. love you know? <laughs> yeah, um, so I get it. Athens has always been a love of mine. I think that if there were more um, like music development there, I would have probably settled there rather than Atlanta, because I've always been drawn to the city and its size. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also like its charm and um, it's like modern, but it's not too, you know, over the top, um, like with, uh, with things like traffic and stuff like that compared to Atlanta. Oh, yeah. um, but, but, you know, it's great. Um, I, I do, uh, I do love Athens. So anytime I get a chance to go there, it's, it's, it's also near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah. But the uh, the thing that interests me, in uh, the thing that you just said is that like, now you've, you went from like this person that was, you know, kind of thrown into this industry, like you, you kind of like stumbled into an apprenticeship and then all of a sudden you're working there and then all of a sudden you're planning things. Um, at what point did you decide that it was time for you to expand your team? Uh, and uh, how long did that take from the, maybe the first time you started seriously deciding to like, okay, I'm gonna actually be a wedding planner now, not an event manager anymore. Um, which I do agree is a really cool way to see the industry Um, Because you interact with so many vendors, so many, you know, seven, eight vendors, you know, a weekend or something, you know, depending on how big it is, I guess, and how many extra things are added by the the client. But um, you start planning and then all of a sudden things start taking off. Like how, um, how fast was it before you started bringing in your first, um, you know, your first person to help you and your team look like currently, like um, even through this whole pandemic, like where, where are you sitting as far as like team members and stuff?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, January of, because I was still in my master's program at UGA when I had first launched. Um, So I was only working on the business for you know, 10 hours a week, whatever I could do. Um, cause I had a full-time job. I was in, in college full-time finishing up my master's and working on a non-thesis. And then I also um, had this business going on. So I definitely like the first year, like year one of, of business um, you know, we didn't do as much just cause like barely had any time. And it, and it was just me, like it was me running social media. It was me, you know, trying to find clients and, you know, get my word out there and everything, and so, um, so January of 2019, um, I turned in my keys at Historic Smithsonian Farm, and that was just in a very emotional, like, you know, change, just because I had been there for so long, and, like, that was where I started in the industry, and that's kind of where I thought and pictured myself being for kind of the long haul um like I envisioned like you know having my husband move out there and like me managing it and taking all the stress off of my the owner at the time and you know and I just I always felt like that was not my end game but like would be my post-college career was to work there and in January of 2019 I started looking at, at um at my books for the, for your best guest. And then I looked at like how many weddings Smithonia had, and I had almost quadruple events, you know, at that time um, versus my boss. And I was just like, this is just like a sign that I need to just go ahead and just like turn in my keys and just focus on, focus on my own thing. Um, Because that was something my dad always taught me too, is like, obviously, you know, working for someone is like, less than ideal. And especially if you, um, I'm an Enneagram three, so I just don't work well (laughs) under people. Um, You know, I work great with a team, but like, it's just like even working, I worked at the University of Georgia for about a year in a full-time position and I was an admin associate. Um, So like kind of lowest of the totem pole that like you don't get a lot of say in like a huge bureaucratic place. Um, And so I just knew that like, you know, working under, under Pam for the long haul would have not been ideal just because she was, she's very headstrong and I'm very headstrong. And it just like would have never, never completely worked out. Um, And I definitely wanted more on my plate as well. And so, but I, you know, I'm so excited to like go back and work events with her and like, you know, just like be so grateful. Like, I mean, I remember turning in my keys that day and being like, I am so grateful for you, and like all I wanted to do was cry because I was like I never wanted to leave you, you know. And it's just so emotional. Um, but um, but anyways, I uh, started my um, I start I finished up my master's in May of 2019 and got married myself in June of 2019. Um, so I didn't really go full fledged on my own company until after my own um, wedding, um, and so that's when um, I just like you know put my head in the ground and just started working on it full time. Um, and then I didn't, didn't technically have my first like part-time employee until post pandemic. So I had, you know, event staff that would come help me, um, you know, uh, you know, execute day of things like that. Um, but nobody that was kind Mm -hmm. of like in the trenches, like doing office work or doing, you know, any kind of that stuff until, um, kind of after everything hit. So June of 29 or June of 2020 was when I started getting, um, I had two people that had started working for me. And one of those people is Ashley Tiffy, and she's my, um, my right-hand gal now. She's full-time with us. Um, and so she's taking on clients of her own um, and just really, you know, just like, she's really the brains behind a lot of what we do here now um and so so she's my full-time person and then I also have like three or four that are kind of more of that part-time and then we still have a ton of people that are just like event staff that are you know execute kind of day of for us and they have full-time jobs elsewhere um and then sometimes will help us in office but pretty much like they're just there to to help us, you know, close close the deal um, on the the weekends. Um, so that's kind of what our team looks like now. But um, I just feel like you get to the point and you get to the level of number of events like we have, and it just never seems enough. Like I mean, we especially right now in our high time, like we are just all like maxing our hours, like putting in the work, and it just never seems like we have enough people. Um, so. Uh, so it's hard, but, um, but I definitely think that like we're getting to the point where team wise, like we're, you know, I, I definitely want to start stealing some people from their full-time jobs, but um, I'm just not quite there yet.
0: So <laughs> right. yeah, same. Uh, I've got people that I work with that I'm like, man, if I could just bring you on full-time, my world would be a better place. Um, and, uh, and I feel like I'm the same way. I'm like on that precipice for a few people of my own, but um. It's you know, hard it's, and it's, it's really and it's scary. <laughs> it is so hard, yeah. uh, you know. And, and right now, it's like it's such a topsy turvy world that we're kind of in, and yeah. just just getting it done. You know, I feel like just getting these yes. old contracts off the books and getting to the new, getting to the new world um, beyond the pandemic here is um, is quite the um, Herculean effort. You know, um, yes. to get through it all. But, yeah. you know, that's what we do. That's, that's why we're here. That's, you yes. know, that's, uh, that's, that, is, that is what we do. Um, but, know. Um, you know, I was just thinking about, as you were telling me about your staff, um, you know, the, uh, just the whole, how, how everything has evolved for you and um, how you've gotten to this point. And now you've got people working for you. You've got people, you know, really building uh, the company along with you. Um, I love how you named it your best guest. I think that has a lot at all about um, and uh, which is hospitality and these types of things. Um, but, you know, I'm curious to know um, kind of what you think about um, just the general future of the business um, and uh, and sort of how what what might have happened in this you know, year and a half that may impact future business. Um, you know, I ask a lot of people, uh, this, this general question, and it seems like everybody sort of has a different answer, you know, are we going to go back to the way things were, are, you know, has the, the mindset of the client sort of changed forever? Um, you know, um, you know, and how does that impact your business? Um, you know, from a standpoint of like what you offer, um, speaking of which we actually should talk about that because we've talked a little bit about all three of the pillars of your business. But we actually haven't talked about, like, you know, what sort of packages do you offer from the planning side of things? Are you full service? Do you do day of? Some people don't do day of, et cetera. Maybe lay a little bit of that out for us. And then tell me about what you're thinking about for the future, next 12 to 18 months, and how this uh, pandemic, uh, you know, revving out of it, um, you know, and sort of maybe some of the changes that you might see on your side of things.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So our packages, just to answer that question first, our packages are day of coordination partial planning and full full planning just like any other kind of um you know planner team um would have on the, you know on their brochure and then we also just uh, of course the floral decor side of things is all kind of a, a la carte we don't do any packages there just because every every vision and every wedding and every set of numbers is different per wedding so it's just there's no way to you know make that into a package deal um but like i said we do incentivize people that you know if they book us for floral and decor and then tack on the planning service we do give them a percentage off because that's one less vendor we have to coordinate for um, and with like as their final numbers come in as like oh you know my nana is no longer coming or my you know my my cousin's coming and i want to throw in a corsage for them like it just makes it easier on our end just because those the slight changes are coming directly to us and we don't have to you know be the middle man to send that to another planner Um, And so one of our big changes that we're slowly wanting to morph into right now, um, kind of, you know, coming out of this, um, we definitely have just implemented minimums, I used to not ever have minimums on anything. um, And now just um, as effective of January of this year, um, we started putting minimums and that was long overdue, but it was just, you know, like, in the middle of booking all of those, you know, because I mean, even when the you know shutdowns happened and all of that we were still you know booking people and not to the extreme but like we were still booking and so I felt like there was a lot of people I panic booked and I know as a vendor you probably completely agree with that like every I feel like all of us vendors like we panic booked people um and and a lot of those panic bookings were people that we should have I should have never signed a contract with because like they have you know, these incredible asks with zero budget, basically. Um and it's they're time munchers. Like it, there's no better way to say it than they're time munchers and they want everything for a dollar. Um and I hate to put it that way, but it is very, very frustrating to me looking back and uh we still have a couple, I'm not gonna say them out loud, but we still have a couple of those trickling still that I have con like that we are still locked in a contract with that I'm like, I can't wait for their wedding day to come because we can just unload them. And we can move on with our lives and be happier <laughs> um so and i hate I to say it. that this about is the dirty,
0: dirty. it this is the dirty dirty you're getting it real here people on swp you're getting the real deal. i'm
1: the one saying it <laughs> so, um <laughs> but anyways, um, so I just feel like there's a there's a lot of, um, a lot of those panic bookings that I am ready to unload from our schedule. And like, so is my staff, because they're the same ones I come in and like complain about constantly. Um, so it's just, it's just really exciting um, to have, like for us to implement those, uh, those minimums, because it kind of knocks out some of those those issues we've been having and then obviously there's only I mean as a vendor you know there's only so many premium Saturdays in a year Um, and this is our livelihood and so it's just it's hard to you know be like oh yeah I'll do your wedding and it's only you know x amount of dollars but then like in two weeks we get another inquiry that's almost triple the price and like that's just so frustrating like as a business owner because you know of course of course we want to do your wedding and make it fantastic but at the end of the day like we have families. We have stuff that we need to provide for, and we also want to grow our businesses. And we can't grow our businesses with taking those kind of lower budgeted clients that are gonna eat up those Saturdays. Because um, when I first started my business, I was like, "Oh, we we take everyone," you know. And when you first start, you have to be that way because you have to have that, you know, like get those reviews and spend the time and you know and everything. But then you soon quickly find out that it's just not worth your time anymore. Like with some of those lower budgeted events, um, because, and, and I just felt like I never was going to be that like person that was kind of like uppity, uppity about, you know, um, oh, we only book X amount of budgeted clients, but now I'm like getting to that point And I'm just seeing like these three and four wedding weekends that we have stacked up coming up. And it's like, you know, I, we get like two hours of sleep between each event. (laughs) So it's just like, you know, it's just like not worth it. Like it never seems like, you know, it's, it's, and we go above and beyond, like everyone in this industry has to go above and beyond um, than what you were contracted for. Because if not, then you're just mediocre. And like, no one's gonna, you know, your reviews aren't going to be where they should be in order to get future clients and so you have to go above and beyond like we give so much stuff free per wedding it's insane like I can't even I can't even like put a price tag on all the things that we do that like we are not contracted to do but like we are there and like we have that level of service Um, and that's what makes us different and that's what sets us apart because we actually care. And which is, you know, you would think that that would be easy to come by in this industry. But like, we worked with a lot of vendors that like, they seem to just have it as a number. And like, you know, we care more about that. We care more about the people yeah, and those I mean, guests and everything.
0: Right. Um, those people, you know, that you're, you're speaking of that are in the industry, you know, um, for people that are listening that maybe don't understand, I mean, they've been burned the reason why they are yes. the way they are is because somebody has come along and burned their kindness and generosity one too many times oh, of course and oh, of course. um and the, the the real hard part as a as a service provider because that's what we are we're providing service um, to mm-hmm. people um you know it it does wear on you um and uh, it becomes you know like if you're constantly being asked to go above and beyond and it's it, you're it's beyond your price point or beyond your level of comfortability and you do that too many times in a row. And, you know, it, it it does become pretty rough to deal with, you know? And, um, so I'm sympathetic to the vendor, but I'm also like, you know, self-awareness is the true awareness, right? Like, so we have to know what, who we are and, and what we're about and also what we're willing to do for people and what we're not willing to do. And, and, um, you know, and I think that it's, you know, in these times, especially, um, you know, we have to err on the side of, uh, uh overt kindness and, um, oh, for empathy sure. and all those types of, you know, super amazing words that everybody uses these days in common vocabulary that I feel like was not used 15, 20 years ago. Um, yeah. like it's a, uh, it's a, it's a thing that we have to be over the top now, um, because we're coming out of this really stressful time and everybody's, you know, really, um, wanting just to move on with their lives and get these weddings done. And, and um, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, it is a window of time. Uh, we will get back to normal to some degree, um, you know, whatever that is. Um, but man, it's uh, it, it is, it is really tough. You know, you do those panic bookings and stuff like that. And I, you're not the only one, man. I've talked to, I mean, I can't tell you how many people now uh, on this thing. And I, and, and I get a sense uh, whether on or off camera that this was just what everybody pretty much did. And, yeah, um, you know, and so we have to deliver on our promises. That's what we do. That's, that's the reason why we still stand as businesses, you know, is because we deliver on our promises every, every week. And, um, you know, and sometimes people get the, you know, the best deal of the century out of us. Um, and we don't necessarily <laughs> <So measure true. laughs> that we want, you know, but, um, yeah. long-term the work that we do, um, for our clients as a service is, um, is what will propel us to the, you know, bigger and, and greater heights. Um, and, um, and knowing what you're comfortable with and providing is, um, is really everything. So,
1: yeah. And I think a lot of things that people don't talk about is like, of course you have this contract that you're obligated, you know, to work with the client, but of course that client comes with guests, it comes with their family, their family shenanigans. And then also not only on that side that you're dealing with those dynamics, but, also, the vendor side, like I mean, we cannot show up to a wedding day and just have a terrible attitude towards other vendors, whether it be a DJ or band or anything like that. Just because it sets the tone, and so it's like not only are we, you know, like going above and beyond for our for our clients, but also like vendor to vendor, like you want to make that day easier for any of your other vendors. Um, even if we're floral and decor only, like we over communicate what time we're going to be there, what you know, just because we know like from a planning standpoint, how we feel when we don't know when the florist is coming or what they have or what they're doing, or if they're going to light candles or not. So we try to over-communicate even when we're floral decor only, because, you know, it's, it's just hard. Like it's hard vendor to vendor too. Um, and, and I think that like right now we use HoneyBook as our CRM system, which, um, if you're a vendor watching, I, I, I encourage you strongly to get HoneyBook or Domsado or Curate or something um, because that made whenever I invested in that program, which is like, I mean, dollars. Like it's so cheap, Um, and I I sound like a HoneyBook representative right now, so I'm so sorry. Um,
0: But this is sponsored by HoneyBook. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah,
1: (laughs) the logo pop up and everything.
0: Um,
1: But uh, I definitely suggest like the CRM system you know one of them they all have their niches and they all have you know their their pros and cons but um but having that crm system um and everything just just helped tenfold um and it just helps you know we use aisle planner for um our for our planning clients um so there's just so many programs out there that help um help small businesses because it's a lot to manage especially when you get to the level of events that we're doing and a lot of you know just like in general what what age we are at as a business um and it's just it's i mean it's like like remarkable of what it having those systems and investing them in you know investing in them um just making sure that like they help you out um throughout everything so um but i another change that we're making too is um is going full service, um, potentially. So that's something that we are on our thought uh, is in our brains, just because we do show up to these floral and decor only weddings. And then we find out they, they have a, you know, family or friend as the coordinator or they have um, a coordinator that just got started that doesn't know what they're doing. So we end up making a floor plan for them. We end up making, you know, a rough timeline for them because of course we wanna go above and beyond but we have to have those documents regardless. Like as a floral decor, as just a vendor you have to have those things. And so we end up, you know, arriving with our floral decor and like, we're not gonna be one of those like, you know just a lot of, and I should say it, tread lightly here, but as a venue I saw a lot of floral and decor people come drop off the stuff bye see ya. you know we're headed to the next wedding to drop off things and like never kind of stick around to help and and if that's your business model that's awesome but like with us like we want to make sure because like when we show up with our trailer that has our brand on it like I mean of course the venue is is number one when it comes to like the vendor um, presence because, like, they're on invitations when people put it in their GPS, they're putting the venue name so they know that if they had a, this experience, it's going to be at this venue, whether good or bad. Um, and for mm-hmm. us, it's like we're rolling up with a big trailer that has our name on the side of it, and so it's like everything that we do is a reflection, um, and so it's just very hard for us to like step away in, in a way, like if we see that there's an issue, um, you know, like even we had a floral decor only wedding um, a couple of Sundays ago, and like no one was there to send the aisle down, so guess who it was? It was Hannah Guest, sending that girl down the aisle, fluffing her veil, but making sure it was perfect, because I'm like, at the end of the day, like when we get those photos back, I, I don't want to see like a veil all twisted up when she's walking down the aisle, and like of course it's for self- selfish reasons, but also it's like, those are her wedding pictures that she's going to treasure forever. And it's like, and she spent all this money on this gorgeous gown and veil that, you know, like wasn't perfect. Like, come on, like, I just can't. And so that's why we are about to just like pull the plug and like, not to say any bad things about any of the Atlanta, you know, other wedding planners that we've worked with. Um, And there's a couple that like we, when we're booked, I shove them to them because They're amazing and I would want to work with them, but I think that we're going to start being highly selective and kind of having another like kind of thing in our contract that's like, if you do not have a professional wedding planner or coordinator, then you either, we are going to charge you for it or you can't book us because there's just no, like, because we're not going to continue to show up and basically do the things a coordinator and a planner should be doing for you and not get paid for it.
0: I mean, it's only fair. It's only fair. And honestly, it's a reflection of your brand, like you said, which is the reason why you do the things you do, because you know those photos are going to come back and they're going to be whack if you don't have (laughs) perfect, right? So, I mean, to me, um, you know, as an entertainment provider, I have the same, uh, I have the same attitude about music. I'm like, I am a full service entertainment provider, you know, and, and that's, that's what I do. And I don't want anybody else touching it. Like, because yes. I know that, like, I'm going to, uh, what I don't want to do is my reputation to be dependent on somebody else doing their job correctly.
1: Exactly. Because exactly. sometimes yes.
0: that just doesn't, <laughs> happen, you know, and um, yeah. and I, I, you know, and it's not like we don't love our friends that work mm-hmm. in the vendor things, but we do things, everybody does things slightly differently. And so yes. it just makes sense that like, if you're a wedding planner to me, um, that, you would be full service to some degree. It would, it would just be like, this is the degree of full service that I am. And, um, and this is what my price is. And, and, you know, you either get that price or you don't, the market will decide um, and the market will tell you uh, you know, where you should put your prices and stuff. But like, I, I feel like that it's, um, uh, you know, I feel like for something as, as hard as wedding planning um, you know, a lot of our friends in, in, you know, in our local area and, and and a lot of friends that I've met all across mm-hmm. the Southeast for doing this podcast, they're all very, um, skilled people. And a lot of people are just day ofs, and, and some people are just full planning. And some people know that their passion is just day of, and some people know that their passion is just full planning or any, or some sort of spectrum yeah. in between, but like, it's, mm-hmm. uh, to me, my brain and like how, um, how my brain works—it's—it's it's really hard for me to imagine just being like a. Um, it would be like if I was showing up to play music and somebody just handed me a set list before I walk out on stage. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would be like, ah, you know, like I mean, I know, yeah. you know, there's uh, there's going to be those five or seven or ten wedding songs, and I'm like, what? This is on the set list. What? How do I? How do I do that? You know, like, um, yeah. you know, how do I make this happen? In like three point five seconds. Um, so, um,
1: so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's the same. It's, I have the same. Thing. Yeah, and that's why there's so many gray lines when you're doing this wedding, like wedding planning and versus coordinating. Um, because, like, even our day of coordination packages, like, I mean, like that's probably, of course, that's the most common because it's the cheapest. Um, so, and you know, I hate to put it that way, but I mean, it's the most common. Um, but it's like. Even at the end of the day, it's like it's hard for us to make sure that we're getting paid for all that we do with the just the day of coordination stuff because it's like, we're going again above and beyond um, the level of service. So we start, you know, of course we contact the, you know, especially with the, all the COVID stuff. When when all the reschedules happened, it was like, my heart hurt for all of our day of coordination, regardless if you were full planning with us or just coordination. So who was the one that was like rescheduling? Like I was the one that was emailing all of those vendors saying, Hey, what's your availability for these dates that they're considering to switch to um you know and that was i'm not even their planner but as a coordinator you know you just like still have to like feel like you're you go above and beyond so i I definitely feel like you know we're still going to keep those three different levels of packages for the time being but we are going to say you either like you use us for just like for planning like you use us for planning and the floral and decor um whether that be a day of coordination package or the full thing um And then maybe on later down, because I definitely see it going that way too, because it's like the day of coordination, you know, they're like, where's my timeline? Where's this? And you're like, you're a year out girlfriend. Like if you wanted us to like do all of these things for you, you should have like went to that next package, you know? Um, Because of course, like the people that are paying for us in our time right now is those full planning and partial planning clients that like we have to go above and beyond for it. And like, at the end of the day, day of coordination, yes, we curate a timeline for you. And yes, we curate a floor plan, but it does not need to be done a year in advance. Plus like, we don't even have accurate numbers yet. You don't even have a guest list yet. So why would we waste our time on making those documents for you when like, we don't even know half of those things. Um, so, um, So I definitely see like, that's a frustration on our end. And I know that talking to other planners it's the same for them. Like, it's like those people that are kind of at that partial or just day of coordination and they don't understand where the, where the lines are, um, for things. And like, honestly, as a vendor, we don't know the lines either. So we're not helping the situation, but it's also hard when, you know, when another vendor puts the pressure on you, like a photographer that reaches out three months in advance for just a coordination client says, Hey, can we go ahead and like, make the, like, can I go ahead and have the timeline that's like fully done? And you're like three months in advance, like, come on. (laughs) So, um, so it's just, it's difficult. Um, But yeah, it's, I definitely see it going like that could be a potential change in the future for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that'd be a really healthy one. Um, But like, tell me a little bit about how you find your clients, like how do your client or how the clients find you? Like, how does, that, uh, how does that process work for you? Are you involved in any sort of like specific sort of advertising? Um, you know, is it social media based? Is it Google? Is it like referrals? Like 100%, 70%, 30%? Like, how does that all fall yeah. together for you?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, and I remember now why I got on the tangent of HoneyBook. Um, but it was to talk about how vendor referrals is our number one. <laughs> Um, So, uh, you know, like HoneyBook keeps a track of like where these inquiries come from, um, you know, especially if you ask the question on your, you know, your client questionnaire, like how did you find us? Um, And a lot of them is vendor referrals, um, which I, I feel like since I was a venue manager um, in the past, um, I, I connect so well with venues. Like I, that's one of my like go-to's. Like I, early on in my company I, I invested in those styled shoots and a lot of the time at styled shoots I would just talk to the venue manager for or, or venue owner for like an hour and then like would get put on their list um, and that's kind of where what really helped me like like because the venue is one of the first things people book and as soon as you book with a venue they're one of the first people that say hey here's a list of preferred vendors that we like to work with and so a lot mm-hmm. of people go off of that like a one day one before they even hit Google or wedding wire or the not. Um, so I kind of focused on that for a while and then, um, and so vendor referrals are still our number one. Um, and it's like, I think the breakdown is like 65% is vendor referrals. Um, and then like client referrals are kind of like, like second, um, for us. And then it's Instagram and Facebook is our third in line. And then Um, And then last is like wedding wire, the knot. Um, So we do pay for the premium wedding wire, the knot, all of that. But um, I don't pump a lot of time into it just because I know that like when you search for Atlanta wedding planners, like I don't want to pay a thousand dollars a month or whatever it is now um, to be at the very top, um, you know, listed at the very top. Like maybe one day I will want to invest in that. But like as of right now, like the kind of clients we want is not like high volume we would rather start going towards like highly selective um because i feel like right now we're at that point that we feel very high volume and we would definitely want to start kind of being more picky and choosy with like who we put on our books if that makes yeah. sense
0: yeah i mean if you have the ability to i mean that's ever that's every vendor's dream is to find the exactly. right matches and all that kind of stuff um yeah. i mean every you know, I like to think that every client is an ideal client, but you know over the phone, whether you're going to vibe with someone oh. or not, um, yeah. you know, and we uh,
1: quickly became unavailable. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <You> know, um, <laughs> it's just the way it goes, you know, um, you know and sometimes you take those clients that you're like, mm, we're not really great personality matches, but you know, it's a gig's a gig and you do it. And then you always kind of end up yes. regretting it in some kind of way. Like whether it's time very true. Or, uh, or just stress or money or you know, one of the, one of the main pillars of why we do what we do or, or, you know, or the things that make us to drive towards a decision, you know, one of those things always ends up suffering. And then you, you're left like kind of looking at yourself, like, why, why am I here? You know, it seems like I'm working (laughs) twice as hard for this person than I should be. And it's often just because you're not like a great personality match, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, and that, that just happens. Um, you know, and sometimes you can avoid it and sometimes you can't. I, um, you know, I talked to, um, uh, you know, I talked to some, uh, wedding planners that they do basically like 15 weddings a year. And that's, oh, of
1: course, yeah.
0: You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, of course their you know, their wedding budgets are north of a quarter million for most of these exactly. things. So, um, yeah. which is a different, different world. Um, yeah. and, yeah. um, you know, but that that's what, that's what their business is and that's what they do. And, um, you know, it's a, uh, for for them you know they just that was the that was the market that they landed in and that's that's where they went um and for others some people really love being busy all the time they like love the hustle and the bustle so that you know that fast and that's me. like i can't imagine
1: like even having even having an off weekend this weekend i'm like what do i do with my hands like you know like i I feel weird you know like because i just like i'm such a workhorse like i mean if it wasn't for my husband i would work 24 seven. Um, but he's just a good yin to my yang. And he's like, you gotta have some off time. So,
0: um, but. yeah, I keep telling myself I'm going to find a wife one day for that reason. So she'll make me stop working. You know, um, that's yeah. always, that's always yeah. like the like around, my, around my world. It's like, yeah, one day I'll find somebody to make me stop working. Um, yeah. yeah, I totally, I totally feel that. Um, so yo, listen, uh, I always like to ask these questions towards the end of the podcast to give people a greater insight about you and who you are, and what you're doing. If you're a regular listener, you know what's coming. It's uh, it's these questions that I ask, uh, and I don't have a fancy name for it. But maybe one day I will, like a game show or something. Uh, but I But for today, that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, I don't have a fancy name for it, but this is what I do. So uh, they're all PG-13 in nature, so you know, don't you don't have to feel weird about these impromptu questions. Gotcha. But um, uh, I, I like to, uh, I like to ask them just so that people get a really good. Uh, feel for you as you, uh, if they've listened this far into the podcast, just so that, you know, they feel like they know you, you know? Yeah, of course. So so tell me, because I'm a music guy, one of my favorite questions to ask is, is like, what are, do you listen to music? How often do you listen to music? And if you do, um, uh, tell me something that's really like inspiring you right now, that's like really juicing you, like musically speaking.
1: Mm, Yeah, this one's hard for me because I'm not a music gal, but I listen to it all the time. Like we have, our Google home mini thing in our office that's mm-hmm. constantly playing. Um, but it, we just do like today's hits radio, just like, and one of my favorite ones on Spotify is Mood Booster. Love it. I don't know what it is about it, but I play it all the time and everybody in the office is like, can we please change it? Because we've listened <laughs> to the same songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just so you're love- serial- you're, so I was that- say, you're
0: a serial playlist girl. Like you love yeah. the playlist vibe
1: yeah, that's me, that's me, like, I don't have a specific artist that I'm, like, in love with, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, there's nobody that I would be, like, oh, I have to see them in concert, like, I'm just not that kind of person, like, I just, am like, oh, I like this, or no, I don't like this, um, and so, um, of course, like, I love the Today's Hits, like, kind of vibe is what I, is my go-to, um, but there's a lot just, like, wedding songs in general that, like, you know, just, like, kind of put you back into, like, thinking about being at events and like seeing guests like when they come on like Sweet Caroline like I know that like a lot of us are like cringe when we hear that song but for me I'm like it's just so remiss like I'm like oh Sweet Caroline like I remember like I can specifically remember like the bride and groom like for some of our past clients that I'm like they just like I mean that was the song that like I remember like I looked into the crowd and like saw them just straight jamming and just having a good time and I'm like this is what this industry is about like this is what it is, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just songs like that, that, you know, just, like, kind of, like, I get attached to the memories, not so much the song, if that makes sense, yeah, so.
0: and it's yeah. kind of funny how, like, <laughs> there's, like, a, probably a core 50 songs or so that, like, that are very, <laughs> what you would call wedding centric, right? and, like, you know, yeah, and anytime you play any of those 50 songs, who plays at weddings, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, you, you do it and everybody just loses their mind. It's just like, exactly immediately, immediately, ah, there's the party. You know I, what I
1: love mean? seeing that. I love like, that's one of my favorite moments of the whole wedding night is just seeing those like frequent songs that we all like as wedding professionals were like, we do not want to hear like on our off days. But I just am like, I just love looking at the crowd. And I'm like, this is why we do this. Like we are having fun. Like, and that's what it's all about. So right,
0: that's cool, that's super cool uh do you have um uh for those that are in the metro atlanta area at least um is there a restaurant that like that like you have like an an addiction towards or that you absolutely love and like when you're feeling happy sad blue whatever uh you know excited you run to that restaurant and have 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 a meal like it's like your favorite jam do you have one of those
1: Oh my gosh. I'm, I eat food. I have an insane amount of love for food. So it's so hard to pick just one. Um, but I would say, yeah. Okay. You so your pie is my favorite pizza place. And I fell in love with that in Athens. Cause your pie is amazing. Um, and then, um, what's my second, um, probably breakfast place is like Maple street biscuit company. I fell in love with that. Like somewhere in Florida. Cause they have, I think they have one down in like I can't remember where in Florida, but I went to my first one in Florida. Now they have one in like Woodstock and it's delicious, but another broken egg is right there with it. My favorite Louisiana is Henry's out in Ackworth. Um, Favorite barbecue is Hudson's in Douglasville. Um, I could go on and on. So you can stop me at any point, but I love like (laughs) Atlanta, Athens foods. Like, I mean, even Athens is like, it's, on in its own category for me like there's Atlanta category and then there's Athens category because there's like and and I just love like the small business like food places like it's just like there's nothing like it um so that's like I literally could go on like a tour de la Hanna of food um around (laughs) around the
0: state (laughs) so you, you cook that much or you're like a big like home chef kind of gal Oh, so yeah. So I used to be
1: like, I thought I was going to be a chef before I like early on, like when I was younger, um, I thought I wanted to be a chef. And it's kind of funny that like hospitality, like kind of, you know, it went hand in hand. So, uh, but I did like in 4-H, I, that's what I did was like food prep. Um, so I'm a big like plating person. Like I love when like, like how, you know, a chef or a restaurant plates their meals. Like I know that's a weird thing to, to love, but I love like making sure that like that's an art
0: piece in itself if
1: that makes sense
0: of course so. I, we, actually had a lot in, we actually have a lot in common like i um i grew up in an entrepreneurial family uh yeah. owned a grocery business grew up in that, awesome. uh watching that happen yeah. aunts and uncles worked in all the departments yeah. like it was all a it was all a thing and um and and then you know when i was in high school um you know, I left that grocery store environment. Started working in the kitchen. Um, became like uh, started a dishwasher. Went up to like the pastry department, kind of thing. Um, restaurant was bought. Oh by, yeah, uh, yeah. I
1: dishwashed like a, at Girl Scout company, camp. You
0: know, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Of course. You know, we all start somewhere in the back of the house. You know, so I, uh, exactly. I elevated to like the, the thing. yeah, exactly. And like it was, uh, it was great. Um, then it, my restaurant got bought. And then these professional chefs showed up and then I actually learned really like how to cook all this stuff and uh-huh. how to make all these like desserts and pastries and stuff. And then they asked me to go to school because they were opening a casino down the river. And they asked me, they were going to pay for me to go to school and invest in me to come back and be a pastry chef at one of the restaurants in the casino. Um, and then, but I had just signed up for the military like two weeks before then. So wow. it was like, uh, like I, I could have been, um, I could have went that direction because I had really started to excel at that. Um, so there's a, you know, there's a little bit of parallels here between oh, us. Oh, that's
1: far. so cool. Yeah. I'm,
0: oh my I, I love desserts that are, you know, that are, you know, and, and oh, obviously yeah. entrees that are well designed and like, there's a mm-hmm. beauty and like, a, you know, like in, in the prep and how they're plated and, and how, oh, plated. for sure. Like I'm, I'm, I'm 100% like in love with that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll totally go to a barbecue and, and, and mouth down like anybody else, like <laughs> <Me too. laughs> but there's something really special about the way people, pre- you know, present food, um, when it's really high quality food and, um, oh, and, sure. and it's really well prepared and taken care of to the point to where it rises in front of you. Um, you know, it's one of my, it's, it's, it's something that I really, really love to, um, to experience and, um. Yeah. So I, I oh my totally gosh, agree. you
1: have to go to, you have to go to a Chateau Alain cooking class. It is so fun. Like, I, oh, man, that, if, I love Chateau the, oh, oh my gosh, I love it. And their cooking classes are so fun. They're kind of expensive, but it's so worth it. I went with my mom recently and it was, it was so much fun. Like it brought me back and I was like, maybe I should just like, you know, quit what I'm doing, which was so irrational. But I was like, maybe I should just go and be a chef now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, um, I've just, I have knew that they had cooking courses, but I've never actually taken the time to go do it. It's always like kind of like not on the top of mind. And then every time yeah. I get booked for an event at Chateau or L'Homme where I'm going to play for a corporate event or a wedding or something, it's, um, I always think about those cooking classes that they have there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh yeah. man, I should really do that sometime. So maybe yes. one day I'll actually get around to doing it. <laughs> um I because I, I would love to learn more than what I than what I know now um although like I feel like I've got like a, a solid like you know seven to eleven dishes mm-hmm. that are like really really good and really simple and really easy but they're like yeah really, sort of complex but you know like in their taste profiles but they're also like very simple and you can just whip them out real quick and stuff like that and people yeah. your um, <laughs> love Um I definitely would like to expand beyond that um at some point yeah For sure. (laughs) But but yeah, so um, that's cool. We love food. How about that? Um, Love it. (laughs) um, Yeah, do you, uh, are you a, like, are you a reader? Do you like to read or do you do like any sort of like audible, like audio books kind of thing? Or is that, are you into that kind of, or podcasts? (laughs) Podcasts um surely you listen to southern (laughs) wedding professionals all the time no um of course uh, of course you're gonna listen to this one (laughs) Uh, you know like is there anything like that that you do
1: yeah I I'm more into to podcasts than I am reading just because it's it's so hard like it's so hard for me to just like sit down and, and read um I've never been good at it um in school and beyond um so um but podcasts like I I love it's weird because I, you know, I get a heavy dose of like what I'm doing in this industry every day, obviously, because this is my full-time and only job. But um, but I love listening to like Weddings for Real podcasts. Um, I love listening to um there's a a, a few others that um Bride Chilla podcasts, just from like the bride standpoint. Um, she creates business is a great one. Um, I love Rachel Hollis and everything that she touches. So um, love listening to that um, and then uh, let's see, let's see it yes it's so good um, I can't remember like I mean there's a, like Tom Billy's podcast is one of my favorites too um, the impact theory um, but that's like not wedding related um, but I'm just I definitely love podcasts and I'm, I find myself on the road like all the time basically because you know we travel so so much like I mean if I'm on the road I'm we're out in Dallas Georgia so it takes us an hour just to basically get to some parts of Atlanta so um that's one podcast and then to Athens is two podcasts and I'm there so um so you know that's what kind of helps me um kind of get through some of these long travels um to some of our weddings and um you know just meetings in general so yeah
0: that's cool yeah you mentioned some really good ones and she creates business I think is really really cool um that's a really fun one. Um, I think she does a really nice job, and um, that's cool. Yeah, podcasts are great, man. I mean, they—it's like I feel like it is an opportunity to learn in every minute of the day now. Like, whereas oh, it used to sure. be like you were in a car and it was just kind of bedtime. It's like, well, I can't yeah. do anything with this time. I just got to drive. Now I feel like you can learn something on the way to. Yeah. you know, and, and an hour, you know, it, it, you get yeah. out of the car when you get there and you're a smarter person, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll start reading more whenever I get my Tesla, but um, we'll see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so which Tesla are you going to buy? That's the question
1: oh my gosh, there's one actually out here in Dallas that I love, it's the, it's the, I don't know what, I know nothing about models of cars, um, so I will say this um, (laughs) lightly, but it's, it's like an SUV Tesla, but it's like an iridescent, it's an iridescent, like, when the light hits it, it's like pearly, oh my gosh, it's so cool, like, I mean, it's amazing, Um, and then, like, I saw, like, the family that like has it because i see it almost you know once a week or so in, in our area and like uh they were coming out of a restaurant and higher and this is so creepy i promise i don't follow this tesla around <laughs> um but um but, but they like you know like did the whoop whoop to it and i not kidding you, the back doors like went up like you know like a t and i was like oh my gosh that car just got so much cooler <laughs> um, but but I just don't think like, I mean, I can barely keep my phone charged and my laptop charged. I just don't think Tesla's is, is are for me, like
0: as much as I want one. I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, not a good
1: plan. it's not a good plan. I'll get nowhere.
0: <laughs> You'll get in your car and be like, oh no, I got to charge it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then it's like, I mean, I can't haul a trailer with it either. So it's just, it's not, you know, maybe way down in the line of my life, but yeah, it's just, there's no way anytime soon. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the X's have pretty good towing packages as far as like what they can what oh. they can handle, but it's but it's not like if you're really hauling some stuff, it's not what you want to do with it. Um, and we're really hauling
1: think, some stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's just kind of what it is. Um, uh, oh, yeah. That's cool. I'm a I'm a big Tesla fan, and I really love the X, and that's always kind of been like, you know, is that I what it's called
1: it. now that I now I know now I know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's the model model x and it also has like that thing where like the doors come up and then it like it kind of shakes or whatever and like it's pretty awesome gosh Um, i know when
1: literally when they whooped whooped that car the other day i was like oh my god (laughs) like i was i was i was i was shocked
0: (laughs) last last question i always ask this to everybody that i meet because i think it's important and I, i think that it's um i think that it helps uh you know, other vendors out in the business that maybe are new um, and uh, maybe even gives people perspective um, that are not vendors, maybe potential clients and stuff that are listening now. Um, I always like to ask a question um, and, uh, and that question is, drum roll, what would be one piece of advice that you would give somebody that was starting out in this business that you know now is like a, maybe something really helpful that maybe you didn't fully understand when you started?
1: Yeah. I may get thrown under the bus for this one. Um, but I suggest you, I suggest you, if you are wanting to be a planner, especially this is more for those planning people. Um, but do not invest in those programs that are like, become a planner, um, with these, you know, like with this platform, um, and get certified. Like I have never had a formal certification. Um, And I've never really wanted to invest in that because seeing it in the industry and getting your feet under you by job shadowing and being a part and working for another planner is the best way, no matter how much like a handbook could tell you how to run something. I've never seen the same event twice. I've never seen the same Mm -hmm. issues arise twice. Um, so it's just very hard um, for you to sit down in the classroom or sit down in a webinar thing and learn how to be a wedding planner um, in a conference or something. Like I think that that is total. Like you know maybe when you're first starting out, maybe if you were if you learn in that way, then sure invest in it. But when you're first getting started, like I I see so many people come through our doors that are like Hannah, I would love to work with you. I would love to be a wedding planner. And I'm like okay great, let's work one event. And their eyes just like, they're just like, nope, I'm actually, I don't want to be this because people always think that this is the most glamorous job um, ever. And like, in some ways, yes, it's glamorous. When you get those photos back, yes, it's glamorous. Um, But the day-to-day operations of this, it is hard. I am on my feet. I am sweeping stuff, I am dealing with drunk people, like it is it is not for the faint of heart. And if you don't have that work ethic, you're not gonna be able to, to make it um, in this industry. And so I just think that if you are considering becoming a wedding planner or really anything in this industry, you need to shadow that specific job before you just go all in. Because I see a lot of people that go into it and then Especially on the wedding planning side of things, because you have to anticipate needs before they're there. Um, and with a lot of other wedding vendors, you have to anticipate the needs before they arise. And and some people just don't have that. They don't. They don't like. They were. It was never put into their body when they were first born. You know. And like it was not. You know, taught to them in their lives. And so you know, sometimes. Like you just, I feel like those handbooks and those systems that are like, oh, we'll t- teach you how to be a wedding planner. will never get you to the point that you, you need to be at. So don't invest in those, invest in your time, which would be shadowing someone in the industry. Um, because that's really like what matters. And like, you can actually see it in person. So
0: it's true. I mean, as much as this is a white collar uh, appearance of making, yes. you know, something beautiful and amazing, it's very much a blue collar job in that you've got to get dirty. <laughs> you've got to go and learn from somebody. you got to like, yeah. you got to take the lumps. you got to go. It's just like a plumber, man. Like I, it it's hard to say that out loud, but it kind of is. You got to go and experience yeah. installing plumbing with somebody else in a brand new house or restoring it in an old house to learn how to handle every single problem that you're going to have as a yeah. plumber, it's mm-hmm. the same thing, it's the same application, uh, which yeah. I think is kind of hilarious and, 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 yeah. sort of funny. Uh, <laughs> yes, <a> exactly. <laughs> um, well, Hey, Hannah, thanks for being here. This we're talking to your, uh, your best guest people, check them out online. You got to find them on Instagram. You got to find them on the website. You got to holler at them, You got to find them. You got to hire them. Uh, and, uh, you know, and if you've got questions, Hannah's got answers, uh, and so do we. So don't be afraid to reach out to us and uh, we'll connect you with Hannah if you can't seem to find her on the interwebs. But she's all over it, so you will. Um, but uh, on behalf of Hannah, my name is Jacob Teton with Shindig My Event, Southern Wedding Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening to this episode of the podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe because you haven't liked and subscribed, then you're you're missing out on all kinds of great stuff. So until then, or until the next time actually, I'll see you next time.